Hey, I'm Jesse. Happy day after Easter. He is still risen. He's still risen indeed. He didn't go back into the tomb on the Monday following Resurrection Sunday. And so for this week, we're gonna look at some of those passages that follow the resurrection and get us ready for our next series going verse by verse through 2 Corinthians. This is Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. And just as a uh, kind of a plug, I don't get royalties from it, I just really like it. Um, I'm gonna be using this resource, Christ Chronological. It puts all the gospels in chronological order. And so it's kind of color-coded where Matthew has a color and Mark and Luke and John have a color and it just shows each of the gospels in conjunction with one another. And you can see where two of the gospel accounts are carrying a story that is not included in the other gospel accounts, for example. So this is the, this is the Christ Chronological uh, based on the, the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Then he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. This is the final chapter of Mark's gospel, and it's one of the texts that is not included in all of the ancient manuscripts. So the possibility exists that this was an insertion into the text, not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Because it's included in some collections of manuscripts and not all the collections of manuscripts, modern day Bible translations will include them, but with a qualifier. Either they'll be bracketed or, or they will appear in italics, or they will have notes at the beginnings and the end, or they will even just appear as footnotes. Dr. John MacArthur believes that we should accept these as divinely inspired. What I've just read comes at the end of Mark's gospel and is also the origin for many of the classic heretical teachings and practices of churches that do not teach treat this text the way that I believe it ought to be treated. I believe that as somebody who's aspired to go verse by verse through everything that God has inspired, I'm obligated under these texts. That includes the text at John uh, chapter seven and eight. That includes this passage. That includes pieces of first John, although we know the story there. We know that some of the pieces of first John were inserted by uh, Erasmus and his team of Catholic scribes as they assimilated the, the King James Bible. He came under pressure to add things into 1 John that were not actually included or to revise some of the wording from the original Greek manuscripts. But this is one of those that does not appear in all the ancient collections. Uh, some of you who have only known me since I've lived here in Seattle may not be familiar with this, but those of you who uh, man, have been a part of our ministry ever since we lived in the Deep South uh, will, will understand this. There are churches that will have poisonous snakes there at the altar, and the guy preaching will actually be holding these poisonous snakes. And if he gets bitten during the sermon, evidently the church needs to find a new pastor for two reasons. One, evidently, according to Mark 16, this guy doesn't have the true faith of God. And two, the pastor's dead. 
So this is, this is also the origins for many of our friends, like say in the Church of Christ. If you're a part of the Church of Christ, welcome to JCM. I'm glad that you're moving book by book through the, the Word of God with us. This is also where you get this idea that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. And if you're not baptized, you are not saved. And like, God help you between your proclamation of faith in Christ and the day that you get baptized. A lot of us have this thing where we want our baptism to be celebrated by a lot of people, and it's understandable. There's no biblical mandate for waiting. There's also no biblical obstacle course that's prescribed between salvation and baptism. And so our friends at the Church of Christ get very nervous when we take a long time to get baptized. This is also where a lot of our friends in uh, certain charismatic churches believe that in, if you are saved, you're gonna speak in new tongues. So there's three practices right there. The handling of poisonous snakes whilst preaching, speaking in new tongues in order to confirm salvation and baptism as though it were salvific. It all comes from this passage, but it echoes and it's parallel to vaguely Jesus giving the great commission because he does include in verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That wording is significant to all creation. It seems like, oh, does that mean that we gotta go witness to like the rabbits on Tiger Mountain? Uh, <laughs> I believe it's about human beings, but we do go into all creation and all nations and all the places of the world to preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So you'll notice, even if you're my Church of Christ friend, even if you're my Church of Christ friend, on verse 16, read the text one more time. You'll see that it does not actually say that baptism necessarily is salvific. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. True statement. By the way, your Baptist friends totally believe that too. If you believe and you're baptized, man, you're saved. Praise God for that. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. The condemnation applies not to those who are not baptized. Pardon the double negative, but I'm trying to read from the text. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. You'll notice that, that Mark does not include, if this is indeed inspired, the words and is baptized regarding the condemnation clause here. It says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Amen. We all actually agree on that. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. So my, my Church of Christ friend, you can rest easy in light of Mark 16, 16, because it does not actually say that you must be baptized in order to be saved. If you do not believe, you are condemned. That's what verse 16 actually says. And what follows in verse 17 is a true statement because we do see some of this stuff happen. We do see people speaking in new tongues. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit pours out at Pentecost and you have Jews gathered from every nation and they're able to speak and understand in languages they didn't study. That's a true prophecy. It does happen very shortly after this at Pentecost. In fact, the Feast of Pentecost is right around the corner following Passover. Verse 18, they will pick up snakes. Now, the part that follows, if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. This is a little bit different. We don't see this accounted for in the book of Acts, but we do see the phrase, they will pick up snakes, accounted for when Paul, the apostle in the book of Acts, is on an island. He is helping out. He's a very helpful prisoner. <laughs> You know, he's been kind of coaching his guard all along and he's kind of found favor with the, the, the guards who are accompanying him on this ship en route to his trial. And at one point they wreck and they are, they are washed ashore and they have to build a fire and Paul's helping build the fire. And as he's, as he's doing so, he gets bitten by a poisonous snake and the natives of the island actually watch him. They're like, oh, this guy's gonna die. And they just keep watching him like any second now, any second now, and he doesn't die. And so they, oh, they just kind of conclude that, well, he must be a god. 
we actually uh, we actually taught a little bit from this when we went through the book of Acts and how this leads to sometimes the idea of Christian karma, how they, they look at this guy, oh, he's been by a snake, he must have done something terrible. That's not actually a Christian belief. That's not actually, that may be biblical in that the Bible records that thought being shared, but it is not prescribed by the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, it's held to by people who don't know the gospel. It's held to by pagan people. It's a, it's a heathen thought that's recorded in the Bible. And we do see that Paul just shakes the snake off and keeps right on going, helping to build the fire. So there are multiple accounts of these prophecies in the book of Acts, if you view them this way, because all these things that are described do end up happening. The only one that I can't account for in the book of Acts is somebody drinking poison and not being harmed. You'll also notice that verse 18 does not describe being bitten by the snake and living. Rather, it says that they will pick up snakes, and then it says, if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. So if, you've, if you're a fan of Will Ferrell like I am, and you saw that movie in which he is campaigning for uh, public office and he tries to curry favor with the religious right. And for some reason they equate the religious right with these churches that handled poisonous snakes while preaching. You'll notice that that's not in the text either. So my Church of Christ friend, you can rest easy. My snake handling friend, hey man, you do you. But Mark 16 does not say that you survive a poisonous snake bite. It says that you're gonna pick up snakes, which Paul does, and it does say that you'll survive poison, but it's by drinking said poison. And again, I cannot account for that miracle taking place anywhere in the book of Acts. And we also see this final one described, they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Jesus imbues the apostles with the authority to go out and do this. And you see demons cast out. You see sick people healed. Uh, the book of Acts is absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't studied it yet, go look at our series right now on, uh, on the book of Acts. It's absolutely amazing. It's history breaking. It's, it's phenomenal. There are miracles that are performed by the apostles who have received this ability from the Holy Spirit of God. So this, this section of text is parallel to Matthew's gospel where he, Jesus gives the Great Commission. It includes some other stuff that's often misinterpreted, but my Church of Christ friend, you can rest easy. Uh, also, my, my charismatic friend who believes that you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved, you'll see that that is also not recorded in this text. You don't have, actually have to speak in tongues in order to be saved. The apostles did drive out demons. The apostles did speak in new tongues, but there's nothing in this text that says speaking in tongues is salvific. You will see the picking up of snakes prophesied. I think that's fulfilled in Paul's ministry, but there's nothing here about being bitten by the snake and surviving and you'll see as well that they do lay hands on the sick and that the sick do get well so this is Ma this is mark chapter 16 verses 15 through 18 it's often used as the basis for some heretical practices within the church but when we actually just parse the text we see i think it's actually this foreshadowing of some of the events in the book of acts which leads me to believe that it, it very well could be inspired by the holy spirit I'll see you tomorrow and we're gonna to go to Luke chapter 24 and see more of what happens. On Easter Sunday, we preach the resurrection, but man, there's a whole lot more that goes on after the resurrection. There's also a devotional book in the resources section of JCM that does exactly this. I find that nobody ever really preaches these texts. We stop at the resurrection, but the gospels keep going. And that's what I wanna share with you this week, post-resurrection Sunday. Jesus is still risen, man. So let's live like it this week.